In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. I've never been a naturally gifted negotiator. Uh, living in Armenia, actually, and having to negotiate the price of everything in the store, that certainly helped increase my skills. Being a parent, however, has taken my negotiating skills to another level. Getting children to do things that are good for them, but they don't want to do, involves a complex series of negotiations. And though I wish I had learned this earlier, I found that a key tactic in prevailing in negotiations with kids, with anyone, is to keep, keep something desirable in your back pocket to use as leverage. If you do this thing you don't want to do, clean your room, practice the piano, then you can do this thing you really want to do, like play Roblox or watch Paw Patrol. Dangling these carrots usually works pretty well, but if we ever need extra motivation in our house to do the right thing, food is the greatest motivator. Specifically, of course, dessert. Keep those kids hungry and yearning for dessert, and you can get them to do almost anything, even eat their peas and their broccoli. Now, perhaps this isn't ideal parenting, but it's funny how ideals go out the window when you're struggling for survival. And though you can, of course, overdo giving good rewards for good behavior, generally speaking, there's nothing wrong with tapping into kids' desires and appetites to move them forward into something better. In fact, it seems that a similar harnessing of our desires to move into something better is what's asked of us as we enter into the blessed 40-day season of Great Lent after sundown today. Lent is that season in the life of the church where we're invited to pay attention to our hunger, to those yearnings that we might use to move us toward what is better for us, our deepest hunger, which is for God. During Lent, we join Jesus in his 40 days of discovering, uh, of, excuse me, of disconcerting hunger in the wilderness. Jesus, we are told, is led by the Spirit to be tempted by the evil one. Now, of God the Father, we could ask what kind of parent would allow their child, their son, to hunger and thirst, to be led into harm's way? Well, the parent, perhaps, who believes in the highest potential of their children. A parent like God the Father who knows that being too attached to the things of this world can prevent us from being attached to the greater things of God and his kingdom. Well, Jesus takes on the spiritual trial of Lent like an obedient son. He doesn't eat a crumb for weeks and sets an example that echoes through the ages. Jesus is not inventing something new here, of course. He's just perfecting a, dis a discipline found throughout the Bible and God's people. God's people always fast when they are desperate to become more aware of God's presence. Fasting is how we use our body as a prayer. Isolated in the wild, Jesus fasts because he's a human with a body who needs to express his longing for the Father's nearness. He knows there's a spiritual capacity in us that we can only access sometimes when heart and body are joined in humility before God. 
So in that way, Christian spirituality should not just stay in the mind, but Lent and fasting helps it move into the heart, even be felt in the belly. So with stomach growling and strength fading, Jesus uses his gnawing hunger to place himself in a posture of attentiveness, to connect to his deepest craving and hunger for God. He doesn't hate life, he doesn't hate his body, and hate food. Jesus is simply disciplining the power of his appetites to lead him to something greater, to go beyond God's love of creation to the love of God himself. So hungry for the greatest things, Jesus overcomes every temptation to settle for lesser things. One does not live by bread alone, Jesus rebukes the tempter, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So tonight we, we begin Great Lent, and we follow Jesus through his 40-day season of fasting. We surrender food, maybe, or other attachments so that we might discover and recover the fundamental truth that we also crave God above all else, whether or not we realize it. And while Lent often involves withholding things we desire, like candy from our kids, we must remember the greater goal of our sacrifices. We're always fasting toward something greater. The great way, the great truth, and great life, which is Easter, resurrection, life in Christ. We simplify, we cut things loose, we go silent, but all this so that we might grow closer to God. Like a good father, he is negotiating with us for our own good, for our eternal good. In conclusion, Alexander Schmemann, who was a wonderful Orthodox theologian who taught many of our senior priests, he referred to fasting as holy therapy. And I think that's a great way to look forward to Lent. Where do our lives need healing in Christ? Where does the world need healing in Christ? What is preventing us from being our greatest self in God? Answering these questions, we don't give up some food or take on some spiritual practice merely to prove our spiritual fervor. We do it because we're physical people who every so often need to use our bodies to be renewed in God and thereby lead others in that renewal. So may the hungers and desires that we experience during this great Lent remind us of our deepest hunger and prod us forward to what our soul craves most, now and always, and unto the ages of ages. Amen.